What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Engage 8 podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my two co-hosts, Josh and Mike. Today, we're going to be going after or going over the week 11 Sunday night football game, the Monday night game, and then some college football, and then previewing week 12, which includes those three really interesting Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day games. Josh, you want to get us started with some Sunday night? Yep, Sunday night football, the Denver Broncos beat up on the Minnesota Vikings. They came in late in that game and did the job of what they had to do. They win their fourth straight game. Uh, And Sean Payton and this team have really turned it around. They beat a Vikings team that was really, really hot and took the mantle as the hottest team in the NFL right now. So they're sitting at five and five now, second in their division. Uh, And they're definitely heavily in this playoff race now. There was a time where they looked like they were maybe going to have one of the top picks in the draft. Uh, And now it looks like they have a shot at the playoffs. Uh, Russell Wilson has really gotten better over the past few weeks and been able to lead this uh, offense to doing just enough. But mainly it's the defense. This defense was one of the worst defenses in the league one of uh, the first few weeks, and they have really tightened it up. They beat the Chiefs. They've beaten teams like the Vikings, and they're going out there and getting wins now. Yeah, Broncos have really impressed me over the last month or so, especially their wide receiver, Cortland Sutton. He's been one of the better receivers in the game in terms of just clutch catches. Uh, over the course of the last few wins that they've had last week, he had that incredible one against uh, who they play. Oh, geez, I don't remember who it was, but it was in that corner of the end zone, barely got the feet in. It was phenomenal. Then this week he had a crazy catch on that final drive. He's he's just been phenomenal. He's got a touchdown in each of his last five games. In my opinion, his stock is only going up from here as Russell Wilson continues to, to develop chemistry within the Sean Payton system. Unfortunately, the Vikings couldn't get it done. They were facing uh, an opponent that was definitely beatable, although they were very hot. I think the Broncos did a good job of shutting down TJ Hawkinson, the Vikings' number one target. Josh Dobbs was surprisingly impressive, even though it was a second game with the Vikings. But outside of that, uh, good for the Broncos. They're keeping pace for maybe an AFC wildcard spot. Definitely they're keeping pace for an AFC wildcard spot. They didn't really have that great of a run game, but Russell Wilson was just efficient with the ball. Uh, 259 yards, a touchdown, no turnovers. And like you said, Corlin Sutton was great. Jerry Judy was very good. And their defense has vastly improved these last couple of weeks. They don't really have the pass rushing. That hasn't really been there. But the secondary, uh, Sertain, he's been great. And they're just playing good football. Vikings, they've been playing great as well. They just, Broncos have been playing better recently. All right, moving on to Monday Night Football. Last night, the Eagles defeated the Chiefs. They came back late in this game. They were down 10 at one point. Big Jalen Hurts throw deep to Devontae was really the uh, difference maker in this game. And then you see Patrick Mahomes on a drive uh, where they could go and take the lead late. Uh, MVS drops a deep ball that would have at least been down at the one or the two-yard line, if not been a touchdown immediately. And that completely changed the whole game. The Chiefs receivers lead the league in drops by a wide margin, and it has been really their biggest problem with their offense this year. Jalen Hurts was not spectacular. He had 150 passing yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, the run game for the Eagles was decent, not as great as it has been uh, in the past year or so, but it was decent. Uh, and overall, uh, just kind of crazy to see A.J. Brown have a game where he has one catch for eight yards. It's just really rare to see from him these days. He's been one of the best receivers in the league this year. And the Eagles go out there, don't play super well, and get a win against one of the best teams in the league and the Chiefs in Arrowhead. The Chiefs have now – I don't remember if that Broncos game they lost was in – was at home or if it was in Denver, but I know they have at least two home losses this year. I believe it was in Denver. 
Okay, so they have they do have two home losses this year out of their three games, uh, which is slightly concerning for them. But now they uh they are sitting at the third best record in the league. The Lions have the second, and the Eagles have sole possession of first uh, in the NFC and the entire league. And they don't look super phenomenal. Like last year, the Eagles had the best record in the league, and they looked like it. This year, they're nine and one. And it's like oh, they kind of they kind of stumbled into some of these wins here, especially last night, but. Regardless, they're sitting at nine and one. Yeah, you mentioned it that Devonta Smith catch down that right sideline on the slot fade. That was really impressive for me. Uh, and like you mentioned, AJ Brown having this lackluster of a of a night, especially stats wise, just shows that Kansas City's defense is honestly very underrated and very impressive. That they can take away a superstar receiver to this magnitude, only holding him to one catch. I think he maybe only had like four targets as well. So they really forced the Eagles to go to Devonta Smith, and luckily he stepped up to the task. Like you, I think one of you guys mentioned it. It was Hurts who wasn't too impressive, but he didn't need to be. The defense did their job, held the Chiefs to zero second half points for the second straight game, and DeAndre Swift did his job on the ground. The Eagles' line was opening up some decent holes on non-quarterback draws for a majority of the game, so I was uh, surprised with that. And Isaiah Pacheco on the Chiefs' side, he was really solid running the ball. I'm surprised he only got 19 carries considering the – the inefficient passing game of Kansas City, even with Mahomes. It feels like as of late, Mahomes hasn't really been himself, in my opinion, but I guess we can be more concerned with that once they once we start getting closer to the postseason, if they don't round into that playoff shape. But Travis Kelsey also had a couple drops, a couple of miscues. I think he had uh he had that fumble in the red zone, which was really unfortunate. Whether he's distracted by the Taylor Swiftless uh box seats, we don't know, but that's definitely something to monitor going forward. Yeah, the Chiefs played very well in the first half. And again, in the second half, their offense just falls apart. They've been horrendous in the second half all season. Uh, Pacheco, he played great. But when you're able to slow down Kelsey, he only had 44 yards. This offense seems to struggle. And that's kind of what the Eagles did. The offense struggled only 17 points. Mahomes only had 177 passing yards. And Eagles, they did just enough to win this game. Their offense hasn't impressed, like you said. But fine. all they got to do is win in the end. So. Nice one for the Eagles getting their revenge for the Super Bowl. All right, so I believe we can move on to college football now. Yeah, just some quick games here. Uh, USC loses to UCLA. Most likely Caleb Williams' last game is a Trojan. And Florida State losing their quarterback, Jordan Travis, for the rest of the season. They have fallen to fifth in the college football playoff as well. Um, Not a good weekend for them. They get a chance to play Florida this week in a rivalry game, but it just really sucks to see uh, one of the top college football playoff contenders lose their quarterback for the rest of the season. Yeah, it sucks for Florida State. They're uh, now in a really, really tough spot uh, for the playoff consideration. They are going to have an opportunity if they somehow can beat Louisville uh, where the college football playoff voters have a chance to put them in even without their starting quarterback. But – Regardless, as sad as it is, we don't want to see Florida State in the playoff with a backup. So that really opens the door for teams like Alabama and maybe Washington if they lose the Pac-12 and a couple other things go their way, but and Texas as well. But it opens the door for some teams. Yeah, and speaking of Louisville, they had a big win against Miami this week, 38-31. to They have clinched their spot in the ACC championship game. They finished 10-1 and ten and one in the regular season now with Jeff Brom. Uh, just incredible job by him. So you get this Louisville team there, Jack Bumper, 308 yards, 12 to 12 different receivers. Um, 
they were spreading the ball out. And this Cardinals team has just been very impressive in Jeff Brown's first season. Yep. I mean, we've sung their praises all season. They've been phenomenal. And now they have a chance to go. I mean, they're the favorites to win the ACC now. A lot of stuff would have to go their way to make the college football playoff. It's very low chance they will. Uh, but regardless, what a what a first season. It's so hard to turn a program around like that. Yeah, and a big win in the Pac-12 here. Washington beats Oregon State. This win has moved them into number four in the CFP. Uh, they win 22-20. to 20. Michael Penix was unable to really have a Heisman moment in this game. He kind of struggled 13 for 28, 162 yards, two touchdowns. But the defense was able to get his back this week. They've definitely been better lately, and they're going to need that if they want to be Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. They held Utah scoreless last week in the second half and only gave up 20 to Oregon State, who has been playing great all year. So big win for Washington. and Just uh, we get Egg Bowl next week. Yeah, we do have the Egg Bowl next week, so that'll be entertaining. Uh, isn't probably going to be that close of a game, but uh, Washington, on the other hand, they, like you said, they looked great. They beat a team that has been playing really, really good in Oregon State, and they proved that they are legit. But at the end of the day, we've said it a million times, it doesn't matter till the Pac-12 title game at this point. You just got to survive in advance. Yeah, um, Georgia at Tennessee. Uh, Georgia at this point is just as high as Bama, maybe even hotter. They beat Tennessee 38-10. to they're the first team in the SEC to go unbeaten in the SEC three years in a row since the league began an eight-game schedule in 1992. They have 28 straight wins, which is tied with Alabama, who's done it twice. Carson Beck played great again. He's trying to get really get in that Heisman race, 298 yards, three touchdowns. And Tennessee was just bullied again on third down, couldn't stay on the field, and just put their defense in a bad spot again. Yep. I mean, Tennessee – one of the teams that I would probably put on the fraud list for the season. Every time you think Tennessee is going to be good and they're going to beat a good team, most of the time they don't do that, and that's not just in football. But prove themselves once again. Georgia is a not not as good as they've been the past couple of years, but regardless, they're one of the best teams, and they're in a spot where they absolutely have to beat a Bama team that's red hot in this SEC title game. If they don't, it's going to be really tough for them to get in the playoff, but Regardless, they win that game. They're going to be the one seed again. They'll probably be the favorite to win it all. Yeah, last game of the week here, Utah at Arizona, two ranked teams. And Arizona absolutely dominated Utah 42-18. to 18. Bryson Barnes and Utah's offense struggled, a lot of turnovers. But good news for them, Cameron. Next year, they've just been good all year. Um, Noah Fafita, redshirt freshman, had another solid game. Two touchdowns, 253 yards, and this Aratone team has beaten four AP top 25 teams, and they're going to be a team to watch next year, especially. Yeah, they definitely are a team to watch. Uh, sucks that this Pac-12 is blowing up, and every it seemed like every week for the first part of the season, we were finding a new Pac-12 team that was really good. Some fell off, like Washington State kind of fell off for a minute. Oregon State's been steady for the most part, but they had a slip up. But, yeah, Arizona's really, really good. Utah's been up and down. Uh, but regardless, this is a really, really good conference, and they're going to get a team in for sure this year. Yeah, a couple just notes for big games next week. Oregon State, Oregon, um, one of the last Pac-12 games, a revenge game for Oregon State being one of the only teams not to leave the Pac-12. Oregon's very good. Uh, obviously, the big game, Ohio State at Michigan. It's a must-win game for Ohio State. You can't lose against a Harbaugh-less Michigan team. 
And then the last Iron Bowl on CBS, Alabama at Auburn. So just a big game. I think it's a must win for both teams in the game. Um, I mean, if Michigan loses, you play that cupcake schedule all season long. You beat up on a Penn State team that's pretty overrated, and then you go and lose to Ohio State. Whether you have, you have your head coach or not, you can't play a cupcake schedule, cheat all season, and then lose to Ohio State in the end. And the loser of that game is most likely not going to find a way in the playoff unless we see some chaos here towards the end. So that's going to be a game where we see it left all out on the field. I don't know what the over-under is, but I'm going to call it being way under. It's supposed to be real cold and maybe windy. So we'll see. Yep. Um, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, I think it's time for some Turkey Day games. Yeah, we will move on to some Thanksgiving games here. We'll start with the 1130 Central Time game. Packers at Lions. The Lions dominated Green Bay in week four when they played them on another Thursday night, uh, which is just wild that they played the same team on Thursday night twice or Thursday twice in a season. Uh, Jordan Love is a chance to be decent again. He was decent last week against the Chargers. We said they their secondary was giving up a ton of yards, and Jordan Love went in there and played really, really good. The Lions secondary has not been great as of recent. They didn't give up a ton of yards last week to Fields, but he's also not a quarterback. Uh, so that's probably why that, that happened. So Hopefully, I will. I hope to see the Lions uh, bounce back and have a good game, especially in the back end, and just hoping that we can get closer and closer to getting C.J. Gardner-Johnson back. That's why this getting this first-round bye in the playoff is just so important to the Lions. If they can get that first-round bye and move into the divisional round and get arguably your second-best defensive player back, uh, that would be huge for them, and you know he wants to play real bad. Uh, the pass rush played really, really well for the Lions in the first matchup against Green Bay. They need to have that happen again. They need to get to Jordan Love early. This O-line has been pretty weak all season. If they can get Jordan Love, put him under pressure. Their run, The Packers' run game hasn't really been there. A.J. Dillon has not been phenomenal. They, pro- I'm guessing they don't are not going to have Aaron Jones in this game. Um, on the other side, for the Lions' offense, they're going to run all over Green Bay. Any team that has a bad run defense just doesn't really stand a chance, to be honest, against the Lions. They're just going to run down your throat all game long. Green Bay hasn't had a run defense for the better part of the last five, six years. So they do not have one this year, and I think the Lions are just going to run all over them again. If the Lions can create turnovers uh, on defense, I think this game is going to be an absolute rout. Uh, if they don't and they let Jordan Love uh, dice up the secondary a bit, this game could get close, but – I got my lines. I'm going to stay riding with them. I completely agree with you. I also have Detroit. Uh, last week, Green Bay was playing the Chargers, and they lost their one of their better defensive players, Joey Bosa, due to that injury. I don't remember how early it was, but I believe it was in the first half. So Jordan Love did have a little extra time sitting back in the pocket later in the game. So I do believe that Aiden Hutchinson, who's better than both Kilomac and Joey Bosa, I, I think he's going to wreak some crazy havoc in this game. I think Detroit's secondary is going to have a lot of uh, underthrown or overthrown passes to take advantage of and create turnovers off of. And like you said, Josh, they're going to run all over Green Bay. They're going to just probably run for over 200 yards. The duo of Monty and uh, Gibbs, it's phenomenal. I think they're going to – those two are going to combine for over 250 total yards, probably over 200 on the ground between the two of them. It's going to be a great game for Detroit. Detroit can win early, go back home get a nice meal in and just rest up before a semi-hard schedule coming up the rest of the year. I got Detroit. Yeah, the Lions got a little bit of a wake-up call last week playing against the Bears. They didn't really play how they would expect to up to the level that they want to. Um, And I don't think they're going to fall for that again. The game's on Thanksgiving. There's going to be a lot of energy. 
And you guys talk, talked about the rushing defense. The Packers are giving up 134 rushing yards per game, 28th in the NFL, and the Lions are fifth in rushing yards per game. So that's obviously the big mismatch. The Lions are going to run all the way, just run all over them. The last time the Lions started 8-2 was 1962, and then they went and played the Packers on Thanksgiving Day and became 9-2. and two. So I expect that to happen again this year. Um, I think the Detroit Lions go 9-2. and two. Uh, one thing, one more thing I'll say about the Lions before we move on. We'll address it later. But Shaq Leonard did get cut from the Colts today. This is a move the Lions badly need a linebacker. They, I mean, they need some some other issues, but they needed a linebacker. They didn't go out and get that at the trade deadline. I understand it's a ton of money, but at the end of the day, if if you have to restructure some co- contracts to get a guy in there who hasn't had a good season but has shown he can be effective in the past, I think you have to go make that move or at least try to go make that move and prove that you're trying to contend when you have the best team your team has had in literally 60 years. So I think you have to do that. But moving on here, Commanders at Cowboys, the afternoon game around dinner time. Uh, the Commanders are hitting an all-time low, it seems. they Losing to Danny DeVito last week was tough for them. And this is really a game script where Howell's going to struggle. This is one of the worst lines in the league, if not the worst. And the Cowboys pass rush is just takes no prisoners they're they could get 10 sacks this game honestly uh they've been really cowboys have really been dominating bad teams we've seen it they beat the breaks off the giants twice last week they beat the breaks off the panthers and outside of that cardinals game they've been pretty dominant against teams they should beat um but at the same time the commanders have competed with teams like the eagles uh, and they've shown that they can play up to their opponent at times that was also a different roster though they don't have as many guys now They, like I said, they're at an all-time low after losing twice to one of the worst teams in the league in the Giants. Uh, I think they probably get the uh, break speeding off them in Dallas. Yeah, this is definitely not going to be a super interesting game unless you have fantasy football implications on it. Or if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, I personally am going to be rooting for the Dallas defense to smack the shit out of Sam Howell because I need me some really, really big wins for the playoffs. But I don't see Washington putting up too many points unless we see the really, really, really good Sam Howell this week, who's able to feed the ball to Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. He's going to have to throw for over like 350 yards in order for Washington to win this game and take care of the ball. I don't see that happening, especially given the talent on the Dallas uh, defensive side of the ball. I think Dak is going to have all the time in the world to throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb and all the other weapons they have on offense. I got Dallas in a route. Yeah, I got Dallas in a route as well. They're a scary team to play right now, especially at home, 4-0 and there. Uh, they've won each game by at least 20 points. They've won 12 straight home games, and Dak actually hasn't lost a home divisional game since 2017. So this team is very good at home. Uh, Sam Howell currently the most sacked QB in the NFL, and he has to go into a pass rush that is just elite with Micah Parsons. He's going to have to try to make almost no mistakes if he wants a chance to win this game. He's going to have to play incredible and I just don't really see that happening. This Cowboys team is just too good, and I expect it to be a blowout. All right, moving on to the night game on Thanksgiving, 49ers at Seahawks. This should be a great game and really a huge game for this division. Uh, Problems for the Seahawks. They lost Derek Reed for the season today. Uh, I believe it was to an ACL. Doesn't look like they're going to have K-9. Um, they Geno Smith was banged up last week, so they got all kinds of uh, problems in the injury department, and that's kind of the opposite for the 49ers. They are now fully gotten healthy outside of uh, losing Hufanga last week, uh, which was a problem for them, obviously, especially in a secondary that has not been phenomenal this year, probably the worst part of their team overall, so losing him is definitely an issue going forward. 
Uh, but I'm just worried about the Seahawks and their injuries as a whole. They're coming off a bad loss. They have four losses on the season, and half of those losses come to the L.A. Rams, uh, which there's a lot of divisional stuff that sometimes some teams own other teams. Uh, we've seen that McVay has just had, had his way with Pete Carroll over the years. But but overall, um, I think the Niners win this game. I'm a little bit worried, like I said, about the injury issues with the Seahawks. K-9 is a big part of this team. If they're gonna want, If they're going to be able to win this game, their pass rush has to get to Purdy. They have not had a phenomenal pass rush this year. It's maybe even better than some people expected, uh, but it has not been phenomenal. I'm going to take the 49ers to win this game and extend their lead to two games on the Seahawks with another matchup with the Seahawks coming up in two weeks. Yeah, I don't have too much to say about this one. I really like San Francisco here. I think their pass rush is just miles better than what Seattle has as a pass-blocking offensive line, regardless of how hot Geno gets or how well he connects with DK, Tyler Lockett, and JSN. I think San Francisco is just going to not allow for any time for him to throw. And on the other side, Seattle's not going to get to Purdy, like you mentioned, Josh. Uh, Their pass rush is not very threatening in my eyes. And with all the weapons that San Francisco has, I think they're going to score probably 30-plus. So I have San Francisco on this one. Yeah, um, Brock Purdy's healthy. He's been playing great recently. Had a perfect passer rating last week. He leads the NFL in completion percentage at 70%, and he leads the NFL in yards per attempt at 9.7. That's almost a yard and a half better than second place. There's only three quarterbacks in NFL history that have ever completed 70% of their passes while averaging at least nine yards per attempt like he is right now. And all three of those quarterbacks won MVP. Uh, Joe Montana in 1989, Tom Brady in 2007, and Aaron Rodgers in 2011. He should be in the MVP conversation at this point. He's been playing great. His team is very good. And this offense has been one of the best in the NFL, sadly, for the 49ers. I don't think we mentioned it on the review last week, but uh, Ufunga did tear his ACL. That's a big blow for their defense. And they're going to have to have some guys step up. But Seahawks, Geno Smith did get injured last week. He's, I think he's questionable. So whether he's going or Drew Locke, I don't really like them in this matchup. Um, they're going to be missing Kenneth Walker. They're going to have Charbonnet, who played pretty well last week. But there's just too much going against them in this game. Uh, it is in Seattle, so that's big for them. But I think the 49ers have found their groove. They're playing great. Their defense has been very good. And I just see them winning this one pretty easily. All right, moving on here. Dolphins at Jets. Uh, Tim Boyle is going to be starting for the Jets here, uh, which is obviously a problem for the for the Jets. Zach Wilson got benched. I believe he's the third quarterback now. Uh, Simeon is at QB2. Uh, the Dolphins are just stacking easy wins at this point. They need to continue to do that beat up on these bad teams like the Jets, even though it's a divisional matchup on the road. Uh, you're playing against Tim Boyle. You have to win this game for the Dolphins. The Jets are just completely dead at this point. It's pretty sad because their defense is just so amazing and they're kind of wasting it. Uh, but we were talking about it the other day. They just have to retain as much as of this defense as they can uh, for next season when they have Aaron Rodgers back. If you can bring this kind of defense to Aaron Rodgers and slightly, even slightly improve that O-line, the Jets are going to be in a good spot. Uh, so I hope for their sake that they can do that. But at this point, I think you got to just be looking towards next season. Yeah, to go off your point, to go off your point, Josh, Aaron Rodgers, he really has never had like an elite defense when he was in Green Bay. I believe the only time he had a top 10 statistical defense was in his Super Bowl winning season. So this would easily be the greatest defense I've seen Rodgers play with. Uh, And if he's playing at even 90% of his like, full capability of playing next year and they bring back a majority of this defense. I think it's very difficult to pick against them in the Super Bowl if they stay healthy. 
but we'll stay on this game. The only way I see the Jets winning this is if they the defense keeps Miami from scoring a million points and Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson just do – they just work miracles. Tim Boyle is not a quarterback you're going to be able to win with very often. Though with this defense, it definitely doesn't help. I don't think it will be enough. I have Miami. Yeah, I have Miami as well. Tim Tim Boyle's in at QB for the Jets. I don't understand why the New York media and just sports media in general was so insistent on this QB change. Because, I mean, I, I don't think this is an upgrade from Zach Wilson. He's not getting put in a better situation. Uh, this O-line is terrible. The play calling hasn't been great for Zach Wilson. Not much is going to change. They're, this offense isn't going to look that much better. And this Dolphins team is probably just going to run over them. Uh, they might Dolphins might not score as many points as we've seen them score, but I don't really expect this game to be close. Uh, the Dolphins are just a better team. Jets just don't have an offense. Uh, teams know that they just want to really get the ball to Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, and they just don't have much outside of that. So I think the Dolphins win this game pretty easily on Black Friday. All right, moving on to Saints at Falcons. Both teams are coming off a bye here. Uh, the Falcons absolutely have to win this game. They're game back of uh, first place, and they just have not been playing good football as of recent. Uh, it's a super talented team, and I hate to see them just completely waste this season away uh, after they spent so much money in the offseason. The Saints, like I said, are also off a bye. They need Derek Carr to be healthy because they refuse to play Jameis. Uh, we'll see what they do. It, I mean, it seems like they're just going to let Derek Carr give it a run again. It's gonna. It's a really. It's a mystery kind of on both sides of what we're dealing with here, uh, as far as the quarterback position goes. You've seen some Ritter. You've seen some Heineke from the Falcons. Neither option has really worked particularly well, uh, for them. But and but at this point, like I said, the Falcons really really need this win. Almost need it more than the Saints do. The Saints' run defense is twentieth ranked in the league. They're pretty bad. Atlanta, as we know, has been a team that loves to run the ball and runs it really really well. Uh, so I think that the Falcons are going to win this game. They're going to be able to run it well enough to not force Ritter or Heineke to have to do too much on offense and win this game. The defense just has to play well. Yeah, last week we saw – not last week, in their last game, we saw Atlanta give Bijan the ball out of the backfield 22 times for over 90 yards and a touchdown. So hopefully Arthur Smith realizes that, hey, giving your good players the ball will lead to good results. I think they start to build off of that. I think Bijan eclipses 100 yards. And I think Atlanta wins this one. It's going to be a really interesting game, especially with uh, New Orleans having a decent amount of talent on their defense. But New Orleans did lose Michael Thomas to the IR this week. I believe it was tweeted out by Schefter today. So Atlanta does have a little bit of an edge in terms of the health department. So I've got Atlanta. Yeah, I've got Atlanta as well. Um, Their run game has been very solid. Uh, It's just you have to bet on Arthur Smith to make the right call and continue to run the ball. But I think that, like you said, Zach, they started to do that last time they were out there, and they have to do that. This is a big game for the NFC South. Uh, Saints are in first right now, but the Falcons can take it here. Um, Desmond Ritter has been great at home for the most part, but he's got to continue that this week. I think the Falcons are able to win a close one, maybe with a young Hoku game winner again. All right, moving on to Steelers at Bengals. Uh, Steelers today, this morning, fired Matt Canada. And now it's all on Kenny Pickett. If Kenny Pickett looks the exact same, then maybe the problem was both of them. I'm not completely sold on Kenny Pickett. This is the year he was supposed to show out, and he just has been utterly horrible this season straight up. You can blame Matt Canada all you want. The play calling has not been good. But if you watch Steelers games, he consistently misses throws by wide margins and just has not been 
what you want from a quarterback you took in the first round. The Steelers sometimes find themselves in a position uh, where they want to pick guys for culture reasons. Uh, they picked Kenny Pickett because he was a good quarterback one, but him going to Pitt and being a Pittsburgh guy played a big factor in that decision, and it seemed like that might have been an emotional decision for them. The Bengals, on the other hand, though, are cooked with no Joe Burrow. So that helps Kenny Pickett and Steelers out this week. If the Steelers manage to lose this game, I think they're more frauds than we ever thought they were. I don't – honestly, if they don't outgain the Bengals in this game, they might just be straight-up frauds. I don't know how you can't manage to do that. You can't lose the two backup quarterbacks back-to-back weeks. I don't care where the game's played. Um, and last week, they, had, they played a backup quarterback and lost. But at least that's the Browns' defense, and you can use that excuse. The Bengals' defense isn't horrible, but it's not the Browns. You can't use that excuse this week. The Bengals' offense is going to really, really struggle. I got the Steelers, and if they don't win, then I'm absolutely out on the Steelers. This is definitely a must-win game for the Steelers, like you mentioned, but this is probably going to be another low-scoring game. You also mentioned that Kenny Pickett has not been the most reliable, and he hasn't been, but I do think the Steelers team will rally around the fact that uh, Canada is gone, and I think a lot of the players are probably a little bit overjoyed about that, and I don't blame them. Kenny Pickett will have to show out, but on the other side, Cincinnati, if it if they had a couple weeks maybe prior to this game with Browning at quarterback, if this was game like two or three, maybe even four without Joe Burrow, I think maybe they have a chance, but it's going to be Jamar Chase, maybe T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon adjusting to life without Joe Burrow for the first time since Jamar was drafted, if I'm not mistaken. So I think there's going to be quite a bit of a learning curve for the next few weeks. So I'm going Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm going Pittsburgh as well, just because really of the Joe Burrow injury. Uh, Matt Canada is finally fired. Uh, Steelers fans are ecstatic. But when you watch the game last week, Matt Canada can't make the throws for Kenny Pickett. There were definitely plays when Pickens was open or Deontay, and Kenny Pickett just wasn't throwing the ball to him. Um, this, this Bengals team is deflated after the injury. So this Steelers team has to take advantage of that. Um, the Steelers, their defense should be too good to lose the game at this point. I saw a Jaden Daniels jersey swap with the Steelers. I think that'd be very interesting. That should be, I mean, really any quarterback going to the Steelers would be interesting, but they have to, Kenny Pickett has to show out soon. Otherwise, I think it's his time is over. But I think Cincinnati or the Steelers win this game pretty easily, but you just can't lose to Jake Browning if you're in the Steelers position. Just a little note, QB coach Mike Sullivan will be the taking the bulk of the play calling for the Steelers. I don't know if any of us said that. But moving on here, Panthers at Titans. This Titans defense is just straight Swiss cheese, and this Panthers offense has also been struggling. It's a chance for this Panthers offense with Bryce Young to get a good game under their belt and really just see one go in. Bryce hasn't seen one go in for the most part of the season. Even in that Texans game that they won, he didn't play super well. Uh, this is a couple of the worst teams in the NFL, in my opinion except for the fact that I just like, for the most part, I like what the Titans have going on offense a bit more than I do with the Panthers. Uh, this is a chance for Will Levis and Tennessee's offense to just get going as a whole. You're not playing a team with a super great pass rusher, a super great secondary that's going to lock you down. You have D-Hop, one of the best receivers of our generation. You have Derrick Henry, one of the best running backs of our generation. And Will Levis has shown flashes that he could be one of the better rookie quarterbacks in this class. Uh, I would not be shocked to see Bryce Young and the Panthers pull out a W uh, just because I don't think that there's a super wide margin between these teams, uh, but I'm going to take the Titans at home. Yeah, I'm going Tennessee as well. Uh, neither of these teams really impressed me on paper aside from just Derrick Henry and, like you mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins. 
Uh, Carolina, they don't have the weapons to really keep up with a with any offense in the league. I think Tennessee is going to jump out to an early lead. This is going to be one of those games where the rosters are even, even though it is on the worser side of the league. The rosters are going to be even. I think Vrabel's coaching style and just being a pretty solid coach, in my opinion, I think that's going to pull out Tennessee for a win. Yeah, Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud, two rookie quarterbacks who have struggled in recent weeks, both looking to get back on track. I think both of them have kind of a solid game, but I really just trust the Titans supporting cast more than uh, the Panthers. Uh, the Titans, if they get ahead early, we always talk about it. They can get Derrick Henry more involved, and it's just a easier way to win. Panthers, they're going to have to struggle to match up with D-Hop, um, and I think Levis is going to find a way to exploit that matchup. So I got the Titans winning this one. It's at home. I just think their supporting cast is better, their defense is better, and Mike Vrabel, he can find ways to win games. So I got the Titans winning this one. All right, moving on. Next game here, Bucks at Colts. Uh, the Bucks defense has been up and down, but I think they could propose problems for the Colts in this game. They've had games where they haven't played super great teams, and they played pretty good. Uh, they're going to have to stop the run to win this game. Can't let Jonathan Taylor go- run all over you and not give yourself a chance to force the Colts to pass here. The Colts are coming off a bye, though. I think it's a big advantage for them. They have home field. That's a huge advantage as well. They've been pretty uh, pretty good at home for the most part. I do expect this game to come down to the end, uh, but I feel pretty uh, comfortable with the Colts in a close game, uh, managing that and getting this win. The Bucks have not been great in close games this year, uh, so I'm going to go with the Colts for that reason. This, honestly, like you mentioned, Josh, this really could come down to the end. I think you can make a really great case for either team. Rashad White for the Bucks has been really good, and Jonathan Taylor since taking over the backfield in Indy has been phenomenal as well. Uh, but I do have my concerns about Baker and Garner Minshew both. I think if we get the best version of either of them, that team will probably win, and the odds of getting of both of them being phenomenal in this game are very slim, if I'm going to be honest with you. So whichever team has the better quarterback will probably end up winning this one. I do like the Colts roster. I like how they're going to be able to get interior pressure with uh, DeForest Buckner, and I like the way that Kenny Moore has been playing in the slot. I think he'll be able to force Baker to throw outside with pressure in his face, and I don't think he's going to be able to do that successfully, so I'm going Indy with this one. Yeah, this is kind of a tough match for the Colts. Before I get to the game, I'll just talk about Darius Leonard. Shaquille Leonard real quick. Uh, Obviously, the big news is that he was waived today. Colts are now going to have about $90 million in cap space in the offseason. They saved, uh, I think it's like $18 million over the next two years. Um, it's just hard, you know. He's one of my favorite players. Um, one of, Maybe my favorite player, uh, he was told yesterday that he was going to be inactive for the rest of the season, which I just, I still, I don't really understand it. He's been playing rough. He had a really bad game against the Patriots, but he still he he was one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Um, he just hasn't been the same player. He had back surgery. He's had bad ankle injuries. He's had multiple concussions, and he just hasn't been able to find his groove coming back from those. Uh, I really hope there's a team that goes and gives him a shot, and he can come back to the star that he was and the potential Hall of Famer that he was becoming uh, for all pros in four seasons, his first four seasons. He was just – He's a great player. He just has to find it. Colts just think they have better options. Saguna Lobi has been very good for them when he plays. EJ Speed has been very good. And Zaire Franklin has turned into the star with uh, Shaq Leonard off the field. So it's just the, Col- the move the Colts made. They save money and they just think they have better options. They have not been shy to make moves to make their team feel better. Uh, they cut Deion Jackson early this year. He was struggling. They benched Daryl Baker early this year. He was struggling. But 
now they got the Buccaneers. Yeah, no Darius Leonard. So they coming off the bye. I'm excited to see how Shane Sykin's team looks coming off of a bye. The Buccaneers defense is sixth in the NFL in rushing yards. They only give up 3.7 yards per carry. That's just not a good matchup for the Colts. They're going to be forced to pass it. And on the defensive side of the ball, the Buccaneers have two very good weapons, Chris God and Mike Evans, who is just a walking thousand yards a season. And it's going to be very interesting to see the Vita Vea, Quentin Nelson possible matchup. Uh, I want to pick the Colts as a Colts fan, but I'm going to go with the Buccaneers in this one. Win-win situation, I guess, for me. But I just think they have too many weapons on the outside. And uh, I don't think the Colts will be able to run the ball enough to really give Gardner Minshew the pressure off of him. So I'm picking the Buccaneers with this one. To kind of build off what you said with the Shaq Leonard stuff, a couple teams to watch, like you mentioned earlier in the pod, Josh, uh, Detroit is definitely someone to watch because if you can add someone with the very, very, very good skill set and potential to be a phenomenal game changer on the defensive side of the ball, you got to go out and do that. But also look at Dallas. Uh, I think they've got a, enough cap to maybe make room for him this year and maybe as a Leighton Van Der Esch replacement. I think that's definitely in play. And adding him to that defense could be honestly catastrophic if we get the if we get the good uh, Shaq Leonard from a few years ago. Yeah, the Cowboys yeah, would not have to agree. rework any contracts to pick up Darius Hunter for the season. So Neither were the Niners, which yeah. <laughs> they seem to go and get everyone they want somehow. But – Moving on here, Pats at Giants, uh, former Super Bowl rematch. Uh, Danny DeVito coming off of a really great game, like we said, against the Commanders. He played his greatest game of his career, and he's looking to build off that. The Patriots are coming off of a bye. Uh, the last time we saw the Patriots, I believe, was the Germany game against the Colts, uh, which they did not play well at all in that game, and that was just a pretty tough game to watch overall. But I just don't have a lot of confidence in this Patriots team. It seems like a lot of the guys are kind of just mailing it in on the Pats. The Giants, on the other hand, although they're not good, they seem to go out there and fight every week. Even the games that get blown out, it looks like they're fighting. Guys like Danny DeVito seem like they want to win. Saquon, he's been through so much, he shouldn't want to win, but it seems like he still does. Uh, the quarterback controversy in New England is just so concerning. It's it's Mac Jones until Bill Belichick gets mad. And then it's Bailey Zappi. doesn't matter if they're down by 40 or if it's the last drive of the game, they're going to win the game. So all those question marks taken into consideration, I think you have momentum is just going to play a big factor in this game. Giants are coming off a win. I'm going to take the Giants. I'm going Giants as well. But like you said, Josh, I don't really, not even like you said, kind of contradicting you. I don't think there is a quarterback controversy in New England. They both suck. Neither are worth being or worthy of being a starting quarterback in this league. Uh, I I think Saquon's going to have a huge impact on this game. He's going to be the best player on the field, regardless of what side of the ball he would play on. I think they would have a lot more success if they threw him at linebacker, let him go two ways like Spencer James and All-American. But I, I don't have much to say about this one. This isn't going to be one that I'm watching, much like that Carolina and Tennessee game. Uh, I'm going Giants. I think they just have the best player on the field, one of the best running backs on the planet, and I think he's going to show it this weekend. Yeah, the Giants are going to need Saquon Barkley to have another game like he did last week if they want to win this one. Uh, they need another big game from Tommy DeVito, who looked incredible last week, kind of out of nowhere. But I think Belichick is going to shut him down this week. Belichick is very good at MetLife Stadium, 12-3. and three. He might be washed with a loss here, but I just think his defense is good enough to stop a Tommy DeVito-led offense. So I got the Patriots winning this one. It'll probably be low-scoring considering both of the offenses are pretty horrendous, but I just think Belichick's going to they're coming off of a loss in Germany at a game that 
they really, really wanted to win. Uh, if they don't win this one, I think Belichick is completely done with the Patriots. All right, moving on here to Jags at Texans. This is a massive game for this division as a whole. Um, Texans are just playing really great ball, uh, but they had a pretty tough second half last week as we addressed in the in the recap uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, Stroud threw three picks, and they scored zero points in the second half, but the defense stood up for them. Uh, the Jags defense, I think, is going to give Stroud problems. The Jags defense has been one of the best shocking surprises for them this season. <laughs> DeAndre Aiden can't hold on to the ball still. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's been one of the few pleasant surprises of this Jags defense for them this season. Uh, they need to build off that great offensive performance they had last week against the Titans. That was the best they've looked all season. An offense that was projected to come in here this season and be one of the best offenses in the league. It was quite the opposite. The offense has not been phenomenal. The defense has been really, really good. If this offense is phenomenal, like I said, I think they're one of the contenders to win the Super Bowl. And as hot as the Texans are and being at home, I still like the Jags. I think they're overall the better team, even though I really love the Texans. I'm taking Jacksonville. I'm also going Jacksonville. Uh, I think Stroud is – he's been phenomenal this year, but I do think Jacksonville with that duo of Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen, I think they're going to get to him a little bit more often than we may expect. Uh, I think Jacksonville will take advantage of Houston's if he run defense. I think Travis Etienne will have a really good game, and hopefully they continue to go to Calvin Ridley because when they go to Calvin Ridley – Often they get good results. He's had, I think, maybe three games this year where he's played really, 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 really well. Last week against Tennessee, uh, against Buffalo in London, I believe that was, and then week one against Indy, and I believe they won all three of those games. So I, if they feed Calvin Ridley and let ETN do really well in the run game, I think they have a really good chance to beat a lot of teams in this league. Trevor Lawrence also seemed to find his footing. He was doing really well in the read option game and throwing the football as well. I think they keep that going, and I think Jacksonville wins. Yeah, first place in the AFC South is on the line in this game. Texans are surprisingly 2-0 and when they turn the ball over three times. All other teams are 9-48 and this season. This Texan team, they've, they've, they're young, but they've found ways to win games under D'Amico Ryans. They've been very impressive. Even when they play bad, they can win games. So that's something you want to have. C.J. Stroud in the past three games has thrown for 1,162 yards, which is the most passing yards ever by a rookie in a three-game span. And the Jaguars, in all three of their losses this season, have come in a game where they have given up 275 passing yards. So they might have gotten back on track, but T-Law is 1-4 against the Texans. Like you said, Zach, they need to keep getting really involved. Good thing happens. Good things happen when they do. They just got to keep getting to their playmakers. But I just like this C.J. Stroud and this Texans team. They kind of own Trevor Lawrence so far in his career. So I got the Texans surprisingly winning this one and staying red hot. All right, moving on to the four Eastern, three Central slate. Browns at Broncos. This uh, this game's pretty interesting to me as a whole. I think we have a lot of pretty solid games this week, actually, uh, compared to some weeks where we've only had a couple. But the Broncos' defense is playing really well. We talked about it at the top of this episode. And they get to play a rookie QB in DTR this week who put up, what was it, 13, 16 points against the Steelers last week. I don't remember exactly what it was. He led a game when I he believe it was 13. But- yeah, he led a game-winning drive, but regardless, he didn't play fantastic. Um, Denver at home, I think, is a massive advantage for them. They've been playing pretty well at home. They're staying home. Um, I, is this their – I don't know off the top of my head. This might be their third straight home game. I'm not positive, but um, I think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game. 
the Broncos have not been going crazy on offense in their wins here on this winning streak. Their defense, like I said earlier, has just been playing really well after those first few weeks. After giving up 70 points, they figured out how to go in there and play good defense. They've been continuing to do that. Is the hottest team in football. I think they just have to put together a couple good drives on offense against this tough, tough Browns defense to win this game. And as good as the Browns defense is, they can't play perfect all game. An offense as bad as the Steelers' offense still put up 10 against them. I think the Broncos will score around 20 points, and I think that'll be enough to win this game. So I'm going to go with Denver at home. This is going to be a surprisingly good game, in my opinion. Uh, Denver, like you mentioned, is a really, really, really hot team who has won a few games in a row. And it's been their offense has been more than competent, actually, compared to last year. Cleveland, on the other hand, they're rocking with a rookie quarterback in DTR, but their defense has been lights out for a majority of the season. This is you can make an argument for both sides for this. Uh, I'm going with Cleveland. I think DTR is going to get a little bit more of just confidence after getting some wins, having a solid final drive last week where I believe he finished four for five and uh, leading them into a field goal range for the win. Uh, Denver, I do think their hot streak will come to an end. I think their offense will stall on a majority of their drives. Barring a super human play by Javante Williams in the run game or maybe even Cortland Sutton in the pass game on a crazy like Moss catch over Denzel Ward or something. He's very capable of that. But I do think Cleveland wins. I think their defense holds Denver under probably 17 points. And I think DTR does just enough to win. Yeah, this is a very interesting game. Broncos are not a team you want to play right now. They have gotten at least one takeaway in seven consecutive games, and they've been finding ways to win. They've, Sean Payton started to coach very good. His team did not give up. It looked like they were going to be sellers at the deadline, and they they weren't. Russell Wilson, he's turned it around this year. He hasn't been passing for a lot of yards, but he's third in the NFL in passing touchdowns with 19. So his play has gotten a lot better. Their pass rush has not been good, which is they're going to have to find out. I said that in the view, but their defensive backs have stepped up. Uh, Justin Simmons has played great, and Patrick Sertain has played great. Eight pass breakups leads his team, and Simmons has three interceptions. I think if Joe Flacco starts this game, the Browns just win it in a revenge game, but I'm going to go with the Broncos. Um, I just think they've been hot. I think the Browns are kind of due for a loss with DTR, so I think the Broncos win this game in the mile high. All right, moving on to Rams at Cardinals. Uh, Rams are 2-12 and in their last 14 games against the Cardinals and have not lost in Arizona or in Glendale uh, since becoming the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, so that is a streak that is pretty prominent, and I can definitely see that playing a factor. The Rams are a pretty okay team if they're healthy like we've seen. I think they're bottom, middle of the pack. They're not one of the worst teams in the league, but they're definitely not in the upper echelon of that middle pack teams. The Cardinals have been playing pretty well uh, with Kyler Murray. Their defense all season has been fighting. This is a really scrappy team. I know you compared them, uh, Mike, last week to the uh, Lions uh, under Dan Campbell. And that's a pretty fair comparison. I think this defense has to continue to play well if they want to win games. It seems like Kyler wants to win games and prove himself uh, as the full-time Arizona quarterback. But I'm a guy who follows trends, and the trends in this division tend to stay put. And I'm going to take the Rams and McVay continuing to own the Cardinals in Arizona. I personally think this is the game that Kyler Murray kind of breaks out and takes care of the ball. He's going to run for a touchdown or two, and he's going to carry him to a win. James Conner had a really solid game last week, and he even had a few big runs called back. Uh, the Rams, they were a missed field goal away from losing and falling even further into this division. I think 
Stafford, I don't, he doesn't look 100% to me, especially after last week. And Cup didn't even finish the game last week. And all of a sudden, Puka Nakua showed up on the injury report this week with a, I don't remember what kind of injury it was. But I know he's questionable going into the game, at least as of right now, at Tuesday, on Tuesday, November 21st, 9, 18 p.m. Eastern. So there's still a lot of speculation that can be made. Injury reports can come out. This game's being played on Sunday. We don't have all the answers right now. But I am a little nervous with those two and their health. Kyron Williams is coming back, so they hopefully will get some sort of a some sort of a run game going. Uh, but I, I like Arizona. I think this is the game they finally break through and get a win. Yeah, Kyler, he's looked great in his first two games back. James Conner as well. Their offense has started to look better. They've been playing the full game, looking good. But I got the Rams in this one. Stafford is probably going to play. He's one of the toughest players in the NFL. I mean, the hit he took last week and he didn't miss a snap was very impressive. I am worried about Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. I think they need one of them if they want to win, but they still have Tutu Atwell, and getting Kyron Williams back to help the run game is very big. I got the Rams winning this one late. I think maybe another Matt Stafford game-winning drive, but I just like what the Rams got going on offense when Stafford's healthy. All right, moving on here to Chiefs at Raiders. Tough loss, like we talked about at the top of this one with the Chiefs last week against the Eagles. The Raiders' defense is playing super, super well as of late, and I think they're going to be able to keep staying in games like we've been saying. They've been able to hang in there. they got a lot of playmakers on defense, and under since Josh McDaniels has left, they've been just solid as a whole on the defensive end. It's hard to imagine uh, Kansas City losing this game, and I don't think they will. But I think, once again, I think the Raiders are going to hang in this game. The problem with the Raiders is they can't score points, and this Chiefs defense has just been phenomenal. I think on the Raiders' side of the ball on defense, I think their pass rush is going to be able to make this game interesting. They're going to be able to get to Mahomes and fluster him. This season, I think Mahomes has still looked like one of the best, like the best quarterback in the league. I still do think he's the best quarterback in the league, but I have not seen him flustered uh, like he's been. At points this season, he was flustered last night against the Eagles. There was times in that Lions game where he looked flustered. We know the Broncos game as well. Um, and there's just – it's this is the only time in his career where we've seen this really. Um, I'm not worried about the Chiefs, though. I think they win this game pretty easily. That defense is just so, so good. And it came in a good year when the offense is struggling and receivers are dropping passes. But they got to get that figured out. I think they win this week in Vegas. Uh, this is something I forgot to mention when we were recapping the Chiefs-Eagles game, but Chris Jones this year has looked like one of the greatest football players on the planet against that really good Chief or Eagles offensive line. He was wrecking Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Jordan Mailata. He was just a game wrecker to the highest degree, and I do not think you can overstate his impact on this defense. He has been phenomenal and nothing short of that. On the other side of it, Mahomes, He's been viewed as one of the best players on the planet for a few years now, maybe even since his the first like half of the season in his second season where he threw for 5K yards and over and 50 touchdowns. Unfortunately, he doesn't have anything really to build off of right now. I do think that Kansas City is pissed. I think they win this game. They went into the bye with a loss against Denver. They came out. They were probably angry. They scored 17 in the first half. Sour taste left in their mouth after scoring zero in the second half against Philly. I think they come out. I think they drop a 40 bomb. I think Mahomes is going to be pissed. I think we see maybe a defensive touchdown, maybe two. I think AOC is going to be overwhelmed by seeing Chris Jones on the edge against his tackles on the interior, getting triple teamed. I think Chris Jones is going to have a massive game. Mahomes on the other side, he also has a massive game. Kansas City, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, Chris Jones, domination this weekend. I'm going Kansas City. I'm going Kansas City as well. 
but they just need to find ways to figure out what's going on in the second half. They need to be better. Maybe it's Matt Nagy with the play calling. It could be, but they haven't scored a second half touchdown since October 22nd. They have the lowest points per game in the second half of any team this season. And you don't expect to see that when the quarterback is Patrick Mahomes and you have the best tight end maybe ever on your team. They need to be better there. Luckily for them, their defense has been able to keep them here at the top of the AFC standings and win them games. They're coming off of a loss, two losses, and a bye week. It's been a while since they've tasted a victory. They have been very good in road divisional games like we've talked about earlier. They finally had their first loss in a while against the Broncos a couple weeks ago. But I think they win this game. Raiders have had a new vibe since Pierce has taken over. This is a chance for him to really have a statement game and show that he should possibly be the coach in the future. But I just think the Chiefs win this game. As long as they can slow down Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, they should be able to close this one out pretty easily. All right, moving on to another team that played last night, Bills at Eagles. Uh, the Bills finally got on track last week, blowing out that Jets team that's really been struggling, but this is a tough matchup for them this week. Uh, the Eagles have to create turnovers on Josh Allen. Uh, teams that have done that have just been dominant against the Bills all season, and the Eagles are a team that w- does have the ability to do that uh, to any team that they play, but a team that is as uh, suspect to turnovers as the Bills are. I think this is a position where the Eagles can definitely take advantage of that. This Eagles offense is still up and down. Uh, they've definitely had their problems. Like I said, they have not looked like they ha- uh, their last year self. Jalen Hurts is not, um, as much as people want to put him in the MVP conversation, he's not the MVP candidate that he was last season. And I just don't – I'm not fully convinced on this Eagles offense yet. We'll see come playoff time when they have to play teams like the Niners and the Lions and they're going to have to score a ton of points. We'll see how it goes then, but right now they're not scoring a ton of points and they have not looked phenomenal at most points this season. Uh, I would even say it's not a stretch to say that the past few weeks the Cowboys have looked like the better team. Did the Eagles win head-to-head? Yes, but if we're putting body to work, body of work to body of work the past few weeks, the Cowboys have just looked better than the Eagles have. Competition included, of course, but regardless, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes, especially when they play in Dallas. But back to this game. Uh, I just absolutely hate Buffalo in this game. I think this is a pretty bad matchup for them, especially in Philly. I think the Eagles are easily going to get this win, and I don't think this is too concerning for the Bills because I don't think many people expect the Bills to win this game. Yeah, I really don't expect them to win this game. Like you mentioned, they match up very poorly, especially with it being in Philadelphia. If it was in Buffalo, maybe you can argue that Bills Mafia will get involved. They'll throw a few table, throw a few people through table tables. Wow, can't talk today, and we'll see them rally around that. But unfortunately, it is not. I think Philly will run the ball just right down Buffalo's throats, especially with Buffalo just missing a lot of key pieces on defense. I think they lost two on the exact same two players on the exact same play at some point last week. It was a relatively easy week last week in terms of quarterback. They were playing against Hertz is miles better than anyone. The jets could ever dream of throwing out there right now, anyone in free agency or anyone on the roster I'm going Philly and it's not going to be particularly close in this one. In my opinion, I just disagree with you guys. I think this is a good matchup for the bills. Um, Eagles defense has given up 250 passing yards per game. That's 28th in the NFL, and that's really what the Bills want to do. They want to throw the ball, and I think they're going to throw the ball well against this Eagles defense. This is Josh Allen. He has another chance. I say it every week, but to remind everyone the elite level of quarterback that he is, he's throwing a pick in seven straight games, but I think that's just part of his game. He's a risk taker. He's a gunslinger. That's that's just going to happen. Both of these teams have a gauntlet of a stretch coming up. It's uh, The Bills have Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys. And the Eagles have Bills, 49ers, Cowboys. 
So this is gonna be a this is gonna be a tough game. I just think the Bills might have the mismatch and they might shock some people. And I just think they find a way, pass the ball well, and win this game in a in a hostile environment in Philadelphia. I'm just seeing Josh Allen like in his in the games that the Bills lose, Josh Allen just doesn't take care of the ball. And this is a defense that like they have the front four, especially that can get to them and force those mistakes and just make them a lot more opportunistic for their secondary who has been struggling, like you mentioned, but I don't know. It, it should be a good game, but I do. It, it's going to be a good one. I, I see your side though. I'm more worried about them getting stops than anything, to be honest. Eagles offense hasn't been playing well, but this bill's defense is just ever since the injuries, they've completely fallen apart. Uh, so it's, I can see a situation where the Eagles are putting up points. Maybe Josh Allen is passing well for the, uh, for much of the game, but then you get into a situation where he has to lead a game-winning drive and he throws a bad pick. That seems like a game script that happens very often, and I can definitely see that happening again. But um, moving on here to Sunday Night Football, Ravens at Chargers. Uh, the Ravens are just a good team who's disciplined uh, for the most part overall. They have uh, – them and the Chargers have both struggled late in games, as we've seen. Uh, they've both blown leads and just not been able to uh, finish and execute on games. But – as far as the first three quarters go, I think I like the Ravens more as a whole. This Ravens offense could put up 50 points against this Chargers defense. This Chargers defense is just really, really bad, as we've seen. Made Jordan Love look great last week. And when you're playing against Lamar Jackson and these weapons, um, even though they don't have Mark Andrews, which I do want to say, it does not. it's not guaranteed that he misses the whole season. So I, they said that today. So that would be great for them to see uh, Mark Andrews come back at some point this season. But... I just think the Ravens are just going to dominate this game. The Chargers are just completely slipping as a team. And if they lose this game, they fall to four and seven, which is a tough place to be. They would have to win out to finish over 500 or now there's 17 games now. So they wouldn't have to win out, but regardless, they would have to win a lot of their games to finish over 500. I don't think they do that. I think the Ravens win this game. Yeah. Baltimore is definitely probably going to win this one. Uh, Chargers are going to be, most likely missing Joey Bosa. I don't know the exact extent of his injury, but getting carted off the field is never a good sign. Uh, only having Khalil Mack, who, as talented as he is, is getting a lot older. A majority of his sacks did come in that one game against the Raiders where he had six. I don't think he is that great of an impact on this game. I will say that the Ravens will probably go through a solid adjustment period without Mark Andrews. So if Odell, his shoulder is doing all right, I expect him to get a healthy dose of targets and touches, especially in the pass game. Maybe a couple end arounds, but who knows? Maybe a, maybe a passing touchdown. I think that'd be really fun to see. Herbert and the entire Chargers offense has been very inconsistent. This is going to be one of those games where, where they're going to be missing Mike Williams. And I think Josh Palmer is still on IR, so him too. Uh, it's going to be another game where they're going to have to rely on Quentin Johnson in a couple clutch situations if it's close in the end of the game, which we've seen multiple times, including last week. He's not all that reliable. Uh, I think the Ravens come out on top of this one. Yeah, it is a foot sprain for Joey Bosa that he is most likely going to go on IR, so that is a big blow for the Chargers defense, which has already been struggling under Staley. For the Ravens, they got an extended week to get some of those lingering injuries gone. Odell picked one up, Lamar. Um, the run game is one of the best in the NFL, and the Chargers' run defense has allowed almost four yards per carry. I think the Ravens are going to be able to run the ball well again. I hope they continue to start phasing in more and more of Keaton Mitchell, and their defense has been very good, especially against some of these good offenses. We saw it against the Lions. We saw it against the Seahawks. Um, and for the Chargers, Staley, his coaching has really hurt them. He's 
his interviews post game might hurt the morale with the team the way he talks, but I just I I don't like him. I don't like this team. They seem to have too much miscommunication on the defensive side of the ball, and this lead offense will expose you if that continues to happen. So I think the Chargers Charger. I don't even know if they might charge. I think they just get blown out in this one. I got the Ravens winning it. All right, moving on to Monday Night Football then. Bears at Vikings. Uh, the NFL loves letting Bears and the Vikings get Monday Night Football games. It seems like they always have that game. Um, this is both teams that are coming off losses late in last week's game. Uh, like we said at the top of this one, the Vikings lost late against the Broncos. The Bears choked away a 12-point lead with four minutes left against the Lions. Um, so both teams are just looking for a win here. The Bears defense has been playing really well on the front end. Uh, their safeties on the back end are pretty brutal, though, uh, as a whole. Uh, Eddie Jackson's just completely washed. They got some young guys who are up and down for the most part. Uh, so if Josh Dobbs is going to air it out, this might be the team to do it against. Um, the Vikings defense has been pretty solid uh, for the most part for the Bears. I'm just really worried about the Vikings play calling style on defense. Uh, being able to get to fields early. Uh, could definitely affect the Bears. I think this is going to be a game where the if the Bears want to win, they're going to need Fields to get out of the pocket and run for like 150 yards uh, to beat this Vikings team. I don't think that they're going to benefit from him trying to step up in the pocket and make throws. I think he'll get smacked that way. Uh, and for the Vikings being at home, I'm going to take them, even though I am impressed with what this Bears defense on the run running uh, side has been able to do. I got a lot to say about this game, uh, most of it about Chicago, but I'll start with Minnesota first. Uh, they will most likely be missing Justin Jefferson for this game. He tweeted out earlier today that he does not give a fuck about anybody's fantasy teams, despite all the direct messages he's getting on Instagram, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. So whatever you want to say about him, I respect him and his decision to prioritize his health. But if you have him on your fantasy team, I, compl- I completely understand your frustrations as well. Now, Josh Dobbs is going to be his second start on the Vikings and third game overall. I think his momentum with the Cardinals did carry over with Minnesota. Maybe it starts to starts to fizzle out a little bit. Who knows? Minnesota's defense has been very good schematically in forcing quarterbacks to speed up their internal clock with uh, Brian Flores's zero blitz style. Uh, Daniil Hunter has also been very phenomenal this year, so that's also of note. On the Chicago side, yeah, we saw them choke a lead last week. I think that's mainly coaching. Uh, just conservative play calling on both sides of the ball. That's your coaching to try to not to lose instead of coaching to win. And I hate that type of coach. Uh, I want a Dan Campbell type of coach where you go for it on fourth and five while in field goal range and ice the game that way. I would love that for my team, but we don't have that right now. If Justin Fields and the Bears want to win this game, they have to come into this one prepared. Last time Bears and Vikings played, very first play, Vikings ran a, a blitz zero, zero blitz, whatever you want to call it. And the Bears line up an empty set with Kari blasting game in the slots. I don't know if you were supposed to audible into a heavier set or whatever, but that is just the epitome of looking very unprepared for a game. So hopefully they look a little bit different. Unfortunately, I don't think that'll happen. I hope Fields and DJ Moore continue their fantastic connection. I believe Fields has damn near a perfect passer rating when targeting DJ Moore. He's got six touchdowns to him, and I'm just so impressed with how he's changed this Bears offense despite them just not being in like top 15 top 10 in the league he's changed their offense he's a true wide receiver one and arguably top 10 maybe even top five dare I say at his position I got Minnesota in this one I hate that I have to pick against the Bears but Minnesota just looks like the better matchup here yeah I got Minnesota as well the Bears have looked better as of late their run defense like you touched on Josh it's been great they've 
done a surprising good job against a run. The Vikings can't really run the football, so the Bears definitely have an advantage there. It's going to be probably a lot of passing from Josh Dobbs. But I just think this uh, Kevin O'Connell, this game's in Minnesota. And I think the Bears, even if they have the lead late, they play two off coverage. I think that'll hurt them. And if the Vikings get a drive late to force Justin Fields into a game-winning drive, we haven't seen him able to really convert. I kind of see that being the game script a little bit. So I think the Vikings pull away late. And I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. But the Vikings defense under Flores has shown that it can throw off teams. And I think it'll throw off Fields again. I got the Vikings winning this one in a close one late. I've got two more things to say before we wrap up this episode. One, uh, TJ Edwards, I want to give a shout out to him. He is, I believe, top three in interceptions among interior or inside linebackers or off-ball linebackers, and he is number one in total tackles. And all that for only $6 million a year. Congratulations, Ryan Poles. One of your free agent acquisitions actually worked out. I'm very impressed by that. TJ Edwards has been really good. He may not be the big money uh, linebacker free agent acquisition, but he's playing like one. He is having a sneaky all pro season, and I'm very impressed by that. Now, second thing, I believe, according to Adam Schefter, he tweeted out today that week 12 is the first time on Monday Night Football that or not on Monday Night Football, but that the Monday Night Football games can be flexed. So be prepared to look out for that in future weeks. Uh, I'm surprised that this one hasn't been flexed because, man, the Bears suck. So I believe there's a Titans and Dolphins game that is coming up in the next month or so that we can look at as possibly being flexed just because of the the sheer mismatch that the Miami Dolphins have on a lot of teams. So that's something to keep track of. On that same note, uh, Goodell said today that networks have been asking for the Detroit Lions. So I think that is an option as uh, somebody that can be flexed. Uh, if the big man says it, I'm going to take his word for it. Uh, but moving on, as we always do to finish these episodes, uh, some betting picks uh, oh, for me I here. Uh, contrary to what I have been doing, I'm actually not going to take the Lions minus 7.5 here. They're 1-2-1 and one against the spread in their last four games. Uh, so they have not been covering for the most part. I'm still probably going to bet it, but I'm not going to take it as one of my picks on here. Four of my picks I am taking on here. The first one I will take is Rams minus one against the Cardinals. Like I said, 12 and two in their last 14 against the Cardinals and eight and oh since they've been the LA Rams and move from St. Louis. And for my second pick, I'll take the Niners minus seven. They've been a covering machine uh, every time that they haven't been red hot uh, or sorry, every time that they haven't been injured, they've covered basically every game they played in played in uh, the Seahawks are kind of struggling right now, really banged up. I think they covered that minus seven pretty easily. Well, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I kind of forgot to prepare some betting picks, but I'll just rip them off right now. I'm going to stick to Thanksgiving because why not? We love the holiday. Uh, For my first one, I'm going Detroit Lions minus seven and a half. I think the Aaron Jones loss will be pretty huge, and I don't think Jordan Love will have a lot of time to throw because Aiden Hutchinson is a dog. So I think the Lions win by at least seven and a half points. And then I'm taking Dallas Cowboys minus 11. I think I believe they've covered in each of the last two games and they've been monster spreads each of the last two games as well. And I think they do it for the third straight game. Uh, I really like their defense. I like their offense. I like the way they're throwing to CD lamb a lot. And I like that Tony Pollard got going last week. So I think they're going to continue rolling and the lions and Cowboys will both win on Thanksgiving as I predicted earlier this episode. Yeah. I'm waiting on that pick. I think uh, the Cowboys cover 11 points again. I've been, running with that one a lot, but I'll go with two different ones. I'll go with Texans money line. I think CJ Stroud and this team is going to upset the Jaguars in a 
kind of shocking win, but I think they're going to, they've kind of owned them. And with my other pick, I'm going to go Ravens minus three and a half. Um, I just like this matchup against the Chargers. I think they're going to pull ahead early and dominate. They've done that against good teams. I think they do it again. So I'm taking Ravens minus three and a half. All right. So that does it for this episode of the Engage 8 podcast. We will be back recording on Sunday night for the recap of week 12, uh, all the Thanksgiving games and every game up to Sunday night football. Uh, Until then, don't forget to uh, like this video, subscribe to us, follow us on all of our social medias in the description. In the description as well is our Spotify link. If you prefer to listen to an audio format, we'll be there from uh, now on. Uh, Until next time, we'll see everybody in the next one.